0: You're listening to 99.1 SHAP Radio. K-L-C-T-L-P, Lubbock, Texas, Lubbock Christian University's student-run station and home of Chaparral and Lady Shap Athletics. Thank you for listening, whether it's live on 99.1 FM, online at shappradio.com, or later on the LCU podcast. I'm Nathan Carcino, and you're tuned in to another episode of the LCU Coaches Show, featuring the head coaches of LCU softball and baseball. Joining me to begin is head coach of the Lady Chaps, Darren Hayes. Coach, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me.
1: Appreciate you guys having me in.
0: Lady Shaps are currently thirty and eight overall on the season, twenty and seven in Lone Star Conference play, and are currently sitting third in the standings overall in the Lone Star Conference. So, looking at the season as a whole, what have you been impressed with the most from your team's efforts to reach the program's goals for the beginning of this year?
1: Well, to be ranked in the top ten part of the season and and uh, do some of the things that this team has done. You know, we've got seven losses, but um, you know. They were the ranked teams at the time, and um, a couple of them still are ranked, and And one of them was on the road. So we've we've had a tough schedule, and we've done it with playing as many as, as five freshmen at a time. So uh, I think our freshmen are starting to grow up a little bit, and our older pitching, uh, Maxine Valdez and Taylor Franco, have kind of given uh, this team the luxury to kind of mature as we go along.
0: You lost about seven seniors from last year, but you did gain those eight freshmen and four transfers for this year's squad. So how much of the, how much of a turnover was there from last year's squad to this year on and off the field?
1: Well, we lost a ton. Uh, But the good thing is, is we we got Casey Flores back, who was our, you know, had 15 home runs. I think she already does again this year and uh, played excellent at third for us. And then, you know, it all starts uh, on the mound. And And uh, Taylor and Max have been great for us and uh, given us a chance. you know, like I said, to mature and to kind of work some things out defensively. And, and uh, you know, they, they've they uh, really been what it's all about. And then we've got a freshman pitcher that's come in and is 6-0 and right now in Ashland-Hamilton. So, uh, you know, I'm proud of, of what they've done. And, and those two old girls in the circle and Casey and Skylar Herrera is another girl that's back that was a really a great player for us last year. So the ones that we got back were really good
0: and have have given us time. You mentioned Casey in particular, enjoying one of the the most successful uh, seasons individually in LCU softball history. She's currently at the top of the Lone Star Conference batting 413 and now with 17 homers this season. How valuable is she in the middle of your lineup hitting as well as just a leader in the dugout?
1: Well, you know, she's been great offensively. Obviously, I'm sure she uh, leads in RBIs too but uh so driving runs in in the middle of the lineup and the girls in front of her have done a really good job of getting on base and uh you know we've had to move Skylar behind her in the lineup to get get her some more pitches to hit um uh, uh, our LSU transfer, Hayden Brown, uh, got hit in the head after the first weekend and is out for the year with a concussion. So uh, that had been her cover, and Skylar's done a great job of, of moving in behind her and, and making sure she does get some chances to drive some runs in.
0: And one of those transfers, Hope Banales, who's right in front of Casey in the lineup, coming in from New Mexico State. Um, She's been one of the big contributors as well to LCU, leading the Lone Star Conference and hitting overall 330 batting average for the team. Um, How has she come into her own here in her first year in Lubbock and kind of grown into her own role?
1: Well, she's been great and she's had to do it. She's got a bad back. We, We haven't got to play her. You know, we went into the season hoping she'd be our center fielder, really played well and um, you know, she's had back issues, and that's what cost her most of her season last year at New Mexico State and uh, after starting most of the time as a freshman. So, you know, she's, she's played hurt and played extremely well and, and, again, set the table in front of Casey, and, and that's been a big part of our offense.
0: Many of the lineups we've seen this year have featured a good amount of those upperclassmen, but as you mentioned, some good quality production from the freshman class, Riley Flores, Amanda Valdiviezo, and Sidney Boland, just to name a few, as well as Hamilton pitching. Um, What was an off-season like for them to get acclimated to the college game and then get ready for this amount of playing time to be that productive?
1: Well, you hit it on the head. You never know what you're going to get with freshmen, uh, uh, no matter how talented they are, because it's such a big jump. in in competition levels, but, you know, Amanda... Came in able to catch at this level right off the bat. Probably the best throwing arm we've ever had, and and then you know uh, Victoria Owens has moved in a, to that second catching slot and has swung the bat well. What she was one of our best hitters in the fall, and you know Riley really didn't have a very good fall, but she figured it out in a hurry. And uh, you know the the small kid, you know her mental game has to be strong and it has been, and she's played really good defense. And so all those kids have really come on, and and uh, you know now they're they're a plus you know they we're not dragging them they're
0: they're pulling their weight as we've gone through about half the season so far, a little over half, um, is there anyone else in the lineup who may as, may have made an impression on you to this point that you may not have expected in, in the season so far? Well,
1: you know, it starts with the two freshman catchers. Defensively, those guys have done a great job. You know, Taylor and Max are hard to catch. They both have excellent velocity, excellent, excellent movement, and totally different from each other, uh, different type movement. And to handle... Uh, those two guys, you know, there was some growing pains early with some pass balls and things, but they figured it out and, and they've, you know, all the little things that you don't see in handling the pitching staff, they, they're receiving better, they're blocking better, uh, and they're covering signs, but we had, you know, they're in high school, they're not trying to steal your signs all the time. Those two have done a really good job of, 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 uh, adjusting to the college game. And then, you know, Ashland, um, you know she's got great stuff, and she's only going to get better with her frame and everything as she gets stronger and older. But you know she has shown an advanced ability to, when she's struggling, which you're going to, uh, to to adjust quickly and to get back to location on the mound, and and uh, so you know. Those three uh, have
0: really been outstanding freshmen for us. You mentioned the two veteran pitchers, Valdez and Franco, in their fourth and fifth years at LCU, respectively, and each being very, very good this year. And not only for the team, but for the Lone Star Conference as they're both in the top six in ERA, both with double-digit wins. What has it been like to watch them develop into the athletes they are now, each of them having historic seasons? Well, we're very fortunate
1: to have two number one pitchers. And, you know, most teams are lucky if they have an ace and we have two. And, you know, they've let Ashlyn uh, mature and come along and we've been able to spot her up and, and put her in certain situations because of what they've done. And then, you know, when your defense doesn't play very well early, you're playing a lot of uh, kids. It, it helps to have someone who's been there and done that on the mound. And those two are two of the best and have allowed us to uh, to mature as a
0: team. Looking at the beginning of the year a little bit, you hosted the two invitationals at Maynard Park and then featured some quality victories and a little bit of competition as well that led you into that first conference series against UT Tyler what do you think your team has learned the most from those tune-up games and that conference opener against Tyler to get you to where you are today? Well,
1: right out of the box, we faced a really good uh, new, uh, Washburn team with uh, one of the better pitchers in the country, and and I think that was an eye opener for our our new girls and everything. Man, this is a different level than what we're used to, and um, so that that helped us a lot. And then when you start the season with Tyler, you know they've they've uh, won the league last year and it looks like they could do that again if they uh hold out this year but uh you know their number uh, one pitcher was kansas number one pitcher two years ago and then their number three when we played them was texas number one two years ago so they're very talented and um you know we lost a one nothing game in the first game against them uh kicked the first ball of the game and and that ended up costing us and then had the lead in the last game. So, you know, our girls think they can play with them. And I think we've only gotten better since that point. So I, I think our kids have confidence that they can play with anybody in the league.
0: Last week, it was a 3-0 home series sweep over the Hilltoppers of St. Edwards, uh, most recently a 5-2 victory in Game 3 on Sunday, and that extends LCU's win streak to 11. So during this stretch, what has made this team so successful?
1: Well part of it is seeing really good people. Oklahoma Christian has a stud freshman pitcher, and uh, she beat us twice, and, and we didn't play very well up there. We, we really kicked the ball around defensively, so since then, we made a couple of lineup adjustments. We had to move move Tiara Del Rosario back into the infield at first base, and and uh, just to kind of solidify us there, and And that's helped us a lot. And then moving Skyler behind Casey, um, I didn't want to do it. I'd, I'd rather put her higher in the lineup, but we had to, and and that's really helped us offensively. So I feel like we've gotten better, and and St. Edwards was a good team, Uh, really good pitching. You look at their pitching numbers, uh, they were really good. And then we had to play them. They're an execution, uh, stolen base-type team. We had to play them with the wind blowing in most of the the weekend. So it's hard to get separation like that, but I was proud of our team because that was a good team. That's a team that beat Oklahoma Christian, at Oklahoma Christian two out of three which you know we got swept up there so um, I, I think we're we're coming along
0: and getting better you mentioned the national rankings wherever the Lady Shaps currently sit I believe still top 15 in the country um, and potentially moving up after the 3-0 sweep this past weekend and being one of the toughest conferences in all of D2 softball. What are some of your reminders to those underclassmen who are getting a lot of playing time to kind of just weather the storm and have, remain to be have that confidence going forward? Well, that's one of the hardest things for these young girls because they're used to being... You know, I think
1: Amanda was second in the state in home runs last year. Well, she's not hitting 300 right now. Now she will before she's done here. But the, adjusting to some failure is is a big part of being a, a good player as a freshman because you're you're not going to hit like you did in high school against the pitching we see, and you have to be able to deal with failure in baseball and softball. and And I think they've done a pretty good job of doing that. They've had their struggles, and
0: but I, every one of them I think is uh, has grown because of those struggles. Now, looking at this week, the team heads to Laredo for a series with Texas A&M International this Friday and Saturday, March 31st and April 1st. What does a normal week of preparation look like with a road trip coming up in regards to the training and the traveling?
1: Well, our new conference schedule, we have four midweek series, uh, and that's Definitely made it uh, different. We'll, we'll play a three-game series on Tuesday, Wednesday, and on those weeks you play Saturday, Sunday, another three-game series, so six games in a week. So that's rough on the, especially the young girls' bodies. They're not acclimated to that. And then the next week you play a three-game series on Friday or Saturday. So it, it's kind of been hard – adjustment coaching-wise, just as far as your practice schedule and making sure you get your work, but also making sure their bodies have time to uh, recuperate and that they have time to take care of their academics. And I'm proud of our girls in that. Our team GPA was over uh, 3-3 in the fall, and our girls have done a good job. Their grade checks were really good. And uh, so I, I think That's another part of the young girls learning to handle being gone and missing class and all that. I I, I think we're starting to get acclimated both as uh, coaches and players.
0: Before we go, what are you looking forward to most the rest of the season? And with a couple more homestands left on the schedule, what are some reminders to SHAP Nation to make sure they come out to Maynard Park and catch some of the best softball in the country? In the country?
1: Well, I, that's it. Our league is good, so good that, you know, we still have several key series against uh, really good teams and teams that are national championship worthy. And and we are. We, you know, I, I tell our girls, if you uh, compete in, in the Lone Star, you're going to compete for another national title. And and uh, so, yeah, I think that's uh, one thing the people that watch us a lot know that our girls can play and,
0: and hopefully we put ourselves in that position. Coach, thank you so much for your time and best of luck this week. Thanks, guys. That was head coach of the Lady SHAP softball, Darren Hayes. And coming up next, we'll hear from Brennan Riker and head coach of Chaparral Baseball, Nathan Blackwood, right here on the LCU Coaches Show. You're listening to the LCU Podcast and 99.1 Shap Radio.
2: We're back with the LCU Coaches Show live on 99.1 SHAP Radio and On Demand on the LCU Podcast. I'm Brennan Riker and I am now joined by Head Baseball Coach Nathan Blackwood. Coach, how are you today?
3: Pretty good. It's uh, a good old Monday.
2: It is absolutely a good old Monday. we got a lot going on this week, but Coach, let's start by... Recapping how the the Shapp baseball team has gotten to this point in the season, LCU is 16-13, and 15-13 in conference play, only one non-conference game so far, and that was against the University of the Southwest. What was the team goal at the start of the season, sort of like a main goal that the team set, and where is the team in terms of progress towards that goal?
3: Well, our, our goals are you know, pretty much the same every year, which is uh, getting into a regional and, and competing for a national championship. And, uh, you know, we were probably one game short of making a regional last year. And uh, at this point in the, in the season this year, uh, we're probably, we probably realized well, what we're going to have to do at this point is win the conference tournament to get in. We're the our first you know, preseason regional rankings have not come out yet. I mean, not preseason, our, our regular season regional rankings haven't come out. But uh, in baseball, they only take six instead of eight like they do in basketball. So uh, I don't know if we're going to be in that top six when that first one does come out. But uh, we're, we're kind of at a point, especially after this this past weekend, that we think we're going to have to win the conference tournament. So remainder of the season – we're playing for basically to get the highest seed in the conference tournament, so we can set ourselves up to, to to try to go win that thing.
2: Is regional set up just kind of like with basketball, where you have obviously the South Central Regional, and then we're paired with the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. How do, how does that work?
0: Yes, it's it's
3: the same process. Yeah, you know, the only difference is in baseball they only take six total, so you got a. Uh, you know you got the the Lone Star Conference and the and the Rocky Mountain that are there are two conferences in the region and there's two automatics in the regional so the winner of each conference tournament automatically gets in and then so it's after that it's going to be the next four highest rated teams in the region so you you really need to be in the top 4 to guarantee that you're going to get into the region
2: this year's schedule was formatted by starting right off the bat with conference play and then um two non conference games uh somewhere in the season. I already played one of those non-conferences against the University of Southwest. you will play Wayland Baptist later in April. Um uh how how did this season's schedule format come to be for this season? Well it's you know it's the we're in the second year of
3: the of the you know of a two-year deal um, within the conference and you know, we have 13 baseball schools in the Lone Star. And when you start looking at divisional play uh, in baseball, it's it's really, you know, and it's the same in, in, in all sports, really. But I think more so in baseball, you don't want to go to divisions because geography has so much bearing on the level of play, uh, especially within the Lone Star. So um, we as coaches decided it, it was better to – to not do divisions and play everyone in the conference, uh, you know, an equal amount of times so so that you have an equal representation or a, a fair representation at the end at least. And so to do that, you know, we had to play every weekend in conference. And if you play every weekend in conference, you're, you're not going to be able to fill your schedule, um, your remaining conference games, yeah. you know, in, in you know, in midweek games against regional against D two teams, so you had to end up playing four game series on the weekends every weekend except for your bye weekend. So basically, forty eight games out of our fifty allowable games are, are conference games.
2: Is this a format that you like seeing having a four game series in conference, or would you like to see that uh, change in, in the future?
3: I I would my my preference is a 3 game series uh, because you have a series winner and you don't you're you're not going to split um, and so you can really look at that but again the problem with that is if we play 3 games only on the weekend that's only you know it's 12 weekends so it's thir- 36 games and to to fill the remaining 14 games without having weekends to do it on would be impossible so that's that's the predicament we're in with baseball. We we want to play everybody in the conference. We'd rather play three game series, but then you wouldn't be able to fill your the rest of your schedule.
2: Looking at this year's team, five freshmen, seven sophomores, nineteen juniors, and six seniors comprised of this year's squad. How much turnover was there from last season to this season?
3: Quite a bit. You know, we had one of our largest senior classes in a, in a while last year. Um, I think we had 14 seniors that uh, that graduated, and then in addition to that, we had a couple of our our top pitchers for sure that uh, uh, that went into the portal. And you know, one of them pitched against um, Texas this weekend, and uh, the other ones at, at Tarleton. And you know, so uh, two two of our expected arms returning last year are gone. Plus the other. A returning starter on the mound for us from last year is is getting a medical red shirt this year. He's hurt, so you know we all basically all four new starters on the mound and and uh, some younger guys that are just kind of being been forced into that role a little quicker than they should have been, and um, so that's that's kind of been our uh you know the the one thing that we're needing to improve on is certainly our, uh, our guys on the mound but they're they're competing they're doing the best they can it's just they're forced into a role that they weren't expecting to be in this this
2: early we'll take a look at the pitching lineup later but looking at the this season's batting lineup how long did it take you to figure out who you wanted to start regularly in your lineup game to game
3: yeah that's a it's a that's a day to day you know process that, that we go through you know we we enter squad uh, throughout the fall and just try to get a, as good a look as we can to try to go into the spring with with some basis but then as soon as the season starts you know there's certain guys that that, that really perform better in games than they did in scrimmages or, or vice versa and so you you start to you have a good idea when you when the when the season starts what you're going to do, but then that you, you tweak it for sure. And some of that has to do with matchups if you're facing a left-handed pitcher or a right-handed pitcher. Um, but you know we're we're at a point now, second half of the season, that we're pretty pretty firm with with who our lineup is going to be from day to day.
2: So far the offense boasts the second best batting average in the Lone Star Conference at 3.35. What has made your batter successful uh getting halfway through the season and of course facing the majority in um, the majority of your games in conference.
3: Yeah, they're um, I think they've got a good approach for the most part. Um you know, first of all they're 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 talented hitters, you know, that's that's number 1. It, you can't you can't coach that. We we recruit that and and uh, they're good players to begin when to to begin with when they get here, but um, but then kind of just talking about using the whole field and having a good approach. Uh, Lone Star pitching is just so good, you know. These guys that have been successful as hitters their entire life, you know, can't always do the same thing against the better pitching that, that we're facing from day to day. So it's more about you know. Opposite field hits and, and using the whole field and not trying to pull everything and, you know, just basic kind of stuff that you talk about with with hitters at every level. But uh, we, we certainly hone in on that here and work on that throughout the fall and, and everything that we do.
2: Eduardo Acosta leads the Shaps in batting with a four forty six batting average, slugging percentage of uh, .616, and an on-base percentage of .519. As one of the six seniors on this roster, how far how far along has he came in terms of uh, improvement and leadership on the field?
3: Yeah, he's he's been great for us. He is, again, he came in as a really good hitter, and I think he's gotten better since he's been here, too. So that's... That's important. He he was a junior college guy out of you know he's from Puerto Rico, but we got him from Kansas City, uh, junior college, and he was a all conference guy there as well. did did really well. Um, but the the thing that I've noticed here is he's really bought into hitting it all fields. You know, we part of what we do in our scouting reports, we've got spray charts on on these guys and and everything. And you look at Eduardo's spray chart, and he's you, you can't play him in a certain position just because he 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 uses the entire field for sure and his infield hits his his power gaps, everything it's just spread out all over the field and that's truly the key to being a, a successful hitter in this league and he's he's done that well.
2: Who else in this batting lineup uh, stands out to you?
3: Uh, Van manon is you know the guy Nate Van mannon, the guy that hits right behind Eduardo. Again, also a very successful junior college career at, at Odessa College, um, but he's he's a power guy, a left-handed hitter, but most of his hits are going to be to left field, which is usually not the way you look at a left-handed hitter that's got power. And uh, again, so he's he's bought into that, really um, uses the whole field as, as good as anybody, and, and uh, He's a big body guy, so a lot of pitchers will will throw him away. But a guy that can go opposite field, he he's very successful with it.
2: Taking a look at the bullpen now, it it hasn't been the greatest start of the season for the guys on the mound. But you talked about the turnover in the bullpen. But what good things have you seen out of your bullpen uh, halfway through the season?
3: Yeah, they they're they're continuing to compete and. Uh, and again we have because of injuries and some guys that we lost late in the summer <laughs> we've had to put our bullpen in situations that that they're that they're not designed for and you know and I had to stretch them longer in an outing than they should have gone and so our numbers again our our, our pitching numbers are not good at all and and they'll be the first to to say that but Again, it's just because we've had to, you know, have a guy step up and a guy that's normally a guy that come in and just get a ground ball for us has had to be a, a three inning guy now, and you know, anytime you do that uh, with anybody, they're gonna the numbers are gonna be inflated quite a bit as far as the ERA, and we've we've had some trouble with uh, a lot of free bases, walks, hit batters, things like that. Um, but they're they're getting better at that and they're they're competing and they' <laughs> they're doing as good as they can to to just get in there and, and throw strikes.
2: Who out of your starters has made the most impression on you?
3: Um, Aiden Alger has has been our our Friday night guy, uh, and he's again he he would be a really good um, middle reliever or Sunday guy you know for us on a normal year but to force him into that that number one role he's handled it really well and he he just competes he gets up there and throws strikes and um, says here it is hit it you know and you know he gets he gets burned by that some but at least he gets in there and competes and again same deal Friday night this past Friday against number three team in the nation we we kept him in there longer than we should have and uh, all of a sudden he gives up four in his last inning, and and his numbers shoot up because of that. So, But, again, it's because of our lack of depth through injuries and, and what we've had in the bullpen that have caused us to have to do that.
2: My next question is I, I, looking at numbers, and you've obviously been around this league a lot longer than I've been here at LCU, but um, just kind of looking at numbers from around the conference, how common is it to see a bullpen for any team at the conference to have a very low ERA? Because from my vantage point, uh, it looks like this league is a league where the batters can get the best of these pitchers, especially since these series are played in a four game series and you sometimes may have to stretch your bullpen and, you know, depth could be an issue there, but you you may see things very differently than I do.
3: Yeah. There's, there's a couple of factors involved in that. Part of it is a, a four-game series. You know, every weekend playing a four-game series is very taxing on a on a pitching staff, uh, no matter which team you are. You know, all of us see the results of that and see that, you know, you're having to use your bullpen arms two or three times on a weekend. Um, your, your starters, very few... Um, Division two teams are going to have four really high quality starters um, to 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 pitch at this at this level against the hitters that that you have to face day in day out, and so all of us are are seeing that, and and so I think the numbers are 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 showing that throughout the league again because of the four game. But the other thing that I think is a factor is um, the the transfer portal for sure. With you know, all of us have. Uh, several Division one hitters in our lineup um, that that came from the portal or that, you know should be, you know, playing at the Division one level, but pitching it's it's harder to get those guys because division ones are just holding on to pretty much all of them. Anytime there's a pitcher in the transfer portal, he he goes from one division one to the other. They're just they're stockpiling them, and whether they use them all or not, you know, is debatable but uh we we hard, it's harder for us to get those guys from division 1s and then the uh you know the guys that are really top D2 arms some of them are going division 1 from from our from our league from the Lone Star so i think that's what you're seeing overall with with the hitting being so good and the pitching not as good in our league
2: Looking back on this weekend, the Chaps hosted the number three ranked team in the nation top in the conference, the Angelo State Rams. LCU falls in this series 4-0 to the Rams. That was a tough series, especially with Friday's results in a game that went to 11 innings. It was a 14-13 loss. Uh, what did the team learn from this series? Because uh, To me, it seemed like there's a lot of valuable things to take away from a series against a team that is that good, especially offensively.
3: Yeah, and that's um, that's one thing we're really looking at. Um, I haven't got the exact numbers, but I think we uh, were close to out hitting them on this on the weekend. But yeah, we we uh, we gave up thirty more runs. You know, so the difference in what they scored against us, I think, was around thirty runs. But real similar in the number of hits. So it tells me we're. We're giving them too many free bases. Number one, you know, too many walks and too many hit batters. But then also um, defense. We've got to we've got to sure up defensively, and we made we made some errors at, at crucial times. And when you do that against a good team, they're going to certainly take advantage of that. And, and Angelo State does a really good job of that. And uh, they always put pressure on you when they get on base and uh, force mistakes to to occur and and we didn't handle that very good this weekend at all.
2: Entering this past weekend, what was sort of the strategy to um, go up against this Angelo state team?
3: Just, uh, just go attack them. And I, and I think we did a really good job of that Friday night. And, you know, I think we had a, an eight run lead against them late and, and gave it up. And that's, you know that that was our game plan. Just was to go at them with everything we had, and we did that. And uh, we we knocked their number one out of the, You know, one of the best pitchers in the league. We knocked him out of the game early, and uh, and did the same thing with their bullpen, and just kept going. And then all of a sudden, things just fell apart on our end, and uh, they started getting momentum back. And we went to our bullpen, and just we just couldn't stop them at that point. And, and uh, but. I thought we did a good job up until then.
2: Looking forward to this weekend, LCU baseball heads to Laredo to begin a four-game road series against Texas A&M International. What do you know about these Dust Devils?
3: They're uh, they're always competitive and scrappy. Um, they're, you know, I think they're right below us uh, in the standings or, or real close to where we are in the standings at this point. And they've got a ton to play for, for sure. Just to get into the conference tournament, where we're playing for seeding in the conference tournament. Um, they uh, they they do a lot of things. They they just they're a different type of team as far as um, and they're not going to have the power numbers like an Angelo State, but they'll they're scrappy. They'll get on base and move guys over and do some things, and then they've got a guy, you know, Jan Cabrera, or probably. Um, don't know how you say that first name, but Cabrera, uh, one of their top arms, is, is one of the top five in the league in, in pitching. So uh, they've got some pitching. Um, the difference, I think, with them and an Angelo State is going to be their depth. So we're going to have to go in and try to get to their bullpen and uh, do some things like, like Angelo did against us this past weekend.
2: Overall, obviously, other, other than winning, what are you looking for to get out of this series against international
3: yeah, we need to. Uh, we put ourselves in a position where we uh, we need to win the series for sure, and and probably put enough pressure on us that we need to we need to sweep a series, and to do that on the road, ninety five degree temperature all weekend, and uh, is going to be a, a tough task. But that's that's like you said. Other than winning, that that's number one what we need to do. But uh, we we just need to continue to to get better. And uh, and that's what we continue to talk about. Learn from the things that uh, that we're not doing well and, and continue to get better and see what happens.
2: Coach, thank you for joining us today and good luck this weekend in Laredo. You
3: bet. Thank you.
2: That will do it for us. The LCU Coaches Show will be back on the air next Monday at the same time on 99.1 FM or com. As always, you can catch the Coaches Show on demand on the LCU podcast. This has been the LCU Coaches Show God bless and good night from Lubbock.
0: Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.